right. Welcome back, everybody. Here we are again, Dom, this week talking more about the traders. In this case, the traders, parentheses, U.S. How are you doing? Doing good. I don't know if we will ever get around to traders Australia or Australian traders, heard it both ways, uh, or Diverados or whatever the various European offshoots of this franchise are. But thought we may as well... Uh, you know, we, we we did the UK version. That was a lot of fun. Uh, we both watched the US version, as we inevitably were going to. And I think, safe to say, and we will enter the spoiler zone very shortly here, but uh, if you haven't uh, watched the entirety of that season, uh, not sure why you're here. Glad that you are, but go off and watch it instead. Uh, and we will be talking about it in a spoiled fashion from here on out. So, yeah, from the moment we saw the amazing conclusion to that season, uh, I knew we would have to come in here and talk about it, too. So very excited to to do that here. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and Australia, as soon as you started talking about the Australian traders or traders Australia heard it both ways. Uh, as far as I knew, it was just the traitors. Traitors, like an A-U-R-S at the yeah, end. Yeah, I, I, I've, I'm sure my impression there was terrible but shout out to australian accents uh dom yeah i think at this point you know we are i to be honest i don't know the exact date that the traders us was released but we have had at least a couple of weeks or so uh since that time and i would guess that most people hearing us fall into one of two camps and that is already watched the traders us or i'm not going to watch the traders us i don't think there's a ton of middle ground of people who haven't gotten to it yet and are still unspoiled or whatever so i think we're in pretty flexible territory uh and i and i will say at this hour the only other thing that i would say before we dive into like explicit spoilers is and in kind of uh an admission of guilt here perhaps on my own part up at the top of the show that seems worth flagging up during my watching of the traders us and from this point forward let's just say the traders uh we're talking about the u.s version here today i proudly and with no regrets just skipped past 100 percent of the missions i so know that going in and i would urge anyone who is kind of on the fence about watching it to do the same. I, I feel like every single relevant thing was very clear from context outside of the missions themselves. So if you are on the fence and thinking about giving it a shot, uh, it is a very good season in my view, as I'm sure we'll get to uh, as we talk through it here. And no sweat uh, in skipping the missions if you want to go I, uh... that route. If not, like that might improve the overall experience. Yes, especially if you are binging with the intention to get to the end as, as quickly as you can. Uh, nothing really to stop and savor in those missions. And I saw someone poll their Twitter followers as they were starting the season themselves asking, look, I, I saw the Traders UK, not planning on repeating uh, that whole mission experience uh, for, for this one. Is there anything I'm going to miss if I just skip through the missions entirely? And the consensus overwhelmingly was no, or maybe like one or two scenes here and there, but uh, really not worth the squeeze on all of that. And uh, watching the Traders UK for the first time, it became apparent pretty quickly that, OK, maybe these missions are going to be fun. Going to have no bearing at all on the actual outcome or you, you could skip past these if you want to. 
with the Traitors US, it took on a whole new level of pointlessness, knowing that these were the exact same missions that we'd mm-hmm. already watched play out in that season. So no novelty factor, uh, no sense of, oh, I wonder how this is going to work or if they're going to crack the code on this. Like, no, we'd already seen all of that before. And so there was really nothing to, <laughs> to, uh, to bother wasting your time on that. Right. Yeah. And the only, I guess, one other thing that I would flag up before we dive into the specifics here is... We did a podcast about the Traders UK. That was a very fun season. Mike Bloom joined us for that. Uh, it's up on whatever feed you're, however you're consuming this, you should be very easily able to find that episode there as well. I'm guessing not everyone hearing us who has watched the Traders US has also seen UK, but we do have uh, a pretty sizable chunk of like unspoiled territory uh, stuff at the beginning of that that I don't think would be particularly worth repeating uh in in this case yeah here. i i'll flag up that if people are interested on thoughts on just the concept of the show or the way that it's structured location or all of that right. good stuff then we do go into a lot of that in a lot of detail in that episode this one is mostly going to be about the specifics of the season so we focus on the way this game played out and the cast of characters uh, involved right and so with that out of the way dom let's get into everything that we saw play out here Oh boy, Dom, can you believe it? The day has finally come. Sari Fields has, as far as I would, as far as I would be and am concerned, finally gotten a long overdue first place prize here and a characteristically masterful, masterful performance, uh, to earn that. I, what, let's start with just the, the major headline here. What was your thought on Ceres game this season and finally see something break her way at the end of one of these reality shows. The game was incredible, and seeing it culminate in that long-awaited dub uh, for her was incredible too. And I, I hope this doesn't mean that she is finally going into retirement and going out on a high. I hope that she is back on my screen before too long. And it's not quite the million dollars or whatever that is after Obama takes it, but it's, it's a nice chunk of change. And she seemed very happy to to finally kind of lift that burden off her shoulders here and i it it seemed to me like as i was busy you know watching other seasons of the traitors and also doing non-traitors related activities that my entire friendship group all the people i follow on twitter and many more besides were all binging the entirety of this season within like a day or so uh and so there, there was a real uh it was almost like that that dodging the lasers in the in the R Heist challenge to try and avoid the spoilers that were being beamed at me from all directions on my Twitter feed here. And th- this th- this shot is also aimed at people who I like and people who I consider friends. If you tweet spoilers for, for example, the traitors, and then directly below that, like millimeters in terms of actual screen real estate below that, you tweet the spoiler which you are trying to ward me off from tweeting as a literate adult human being i have already read it my eyes have <laughs> gleaned what you are trying to conceal from me you have failed in the assignment <laughs> in terms of uh, not spoiling me so let, let's please all be mindful of that in the near future and I, if any anyone other than uh the current regime was in charge of twitter and wanted to improve the user experience i feel like there would already be some kind of you know uh open this to reveal more or something like that there would be ways to negate this problem entirely for the rest of time but as it stands right now uh, we should all be more considerate of each other so i didn't know that Suri had won i saw a lot of stuff that amounted to just Suri fields in all capital letters which is a, a valid thing to think or tweet at any time uh and 
So I thought, well, okay, it sounds like Sari is going to be one of these these traders up in here, and probably is going to do pretty well on the season. But as Sari is wanting to do, maybe she finally gets clipped once we get to the end game. And uh, of course, Sari is going to be found out at some point. Like how how could that not happen? Um, and I, I was hoping for the best, but but fearing the worst. Uh, and because. I've seen some other conversations of, oh, how the for the people who somehow had seen each of these three seasons in the course of three days, how would you rank the different versions? Australia, UK, US. I saw a lot of people who had the US one in the middle, even at the bottom. And part of me was thinking, well, geez, if Sari was finally going to win something, surely that would be number one with the bullet by default. And there would be no, no question in anybody's mind. And so I kind of uh, pieced these clues together in my mind and thought, I, I don't know when it's going to happen. Surely, Suri is going to come a cropper here at some point. But thankfully, I was wrong. And uh, thankfully, I get to live in this world instead. So my experience, Dom, it sounds like, was remarkably similar to yours. So I, too, had to avert my eyes somewhere in the neighborhood of like 50 to 100 times, just scrolling through Twitter. Miraculously, I was like successfully able to do so i don't think that's ever been the case for me uh for any other season of any other show but the one thing i did see is exactly what you just said which is people consistently ranking the u.s version as the worst of those that they had seen and my two thoughts were number one exactly as you laid out if sari did win this season i find it very hard to believe that it would be the bottom of that list. And number two was if Sari did win this season, I wouldn't have had to avert my eyes 50 to a hundred times. I would have had to avert my eyes a thousand times because people on Twitter have absolutely no chill. Uh, and there, it would just be unavoidable if, if it turned out that Sari was the winner of this season. I, in my mind was saying, it's impossible that I would miss the general vibe from Twitter. So as I was watching this, like two or three days or so after the episodes <clears throat> initially dropped, I went in as reverse spoiled as I feel like I possibly could have been. I would have <laughs> genuinely said if anyone had asked me about it before getting into the episodes, the one outcome I think is definitely not in play is specifically Sari being the winner of this season. So uh, it was a magical moment for me watching how all of this came together. And Dom, well, I, yeah. I, on top of that, I assumed, despite Sari's prodigious talent in any kind of social game like this, I assumed the metagame here would doom her from the outset. Because if you are a a faithful, or if you're a traitor, excuse me, the last thing you want is Sari Fields as a traitor on the case, sniffing you out. And she is very, very capable of doing that. And so if I'm a, a faithful in there and I see Sari going further and further in the game, I would be thinking, unless these people have just never watched any of her seasons of Survivor before, or I guess <laughs> starred on Snakes and Snake in the Grass with her, or you know, all of these different things... If Sari is still in the game past a certain point, I'm always thinking she must be a traitor because what what traitor in their right mind would leave a faithful Sari Fields in the game here? And so either Sari gets targeted early as a faithful uh, for good reasons, or she is outed early as a traitor because just that's really the only other possible outcome here. And so unless there's a secret third thing of 
someone in there who is just a Siri super fan and who is willing to play on hard mode if it means the rest of us get more Siri on our TV screens and uh, have nothing but respect for that mentality as well, then it really seemed like she would be set up to fail one way or the other. And so the fact that she was able to glide through to the end and put on such a masterful performance, even with that in mind, makes it all the more impressive to me. No, I 100% uh, agree with that. And that was my thought as well going in is, oh man, this might actually be despite being like a game that in general i would say is even better suited for Ceres skill set than survivor is just the mere fact that her reputation precedes her to the extent that it does for anyone who has seen her on survivor i felt like she was potentially going to be in rough shape here for exactly what you just mentioned the idea that like what traitor in their right mind could ever leave Ceri in the game as a faithful for that long and so if she is still in the game at a certain point people would be fools not to recognize okay Sari almost surely must be a traitor otherwise she would have been murdered by now uh that being said though as overwhelming as that impulse was for me i'm really not sure that you could come up with too many people if literally anyone in the history of at least the shows that I have seen along these lines, these sort of social strategy game shows, anyone who has a track record more consistent than Sari Fields when it comes to like earning the trust and admiration, if not adoration of people who should obviously know better. Uh, and so once again, we, we are now on round four or five of people who realistically really should have seen this coming uh letting her get her hooks into them once again and the reason that i say dom that i think the traders is perhaps significantly more conducive like as a game to what Sari fields is so good at on survivor already is you know there aren't these intense physical immunity challenges there's no starvation factor and i would say you know as much as the interpersonal element obviously matters an enormous deal in survivor i think within like the way the game functions it might almost matter more on the traders because in survivor generally speaking obviously there is plenty of you know flipping back and forth from alliance to alliance and there are idols and advantages kind of muddying the waters very consistently uh from day one through the end but on the traders, I think that like personal bond element in practice plays a bigger role, at least conceivably in my mind, than it does on Survivor, where like in Survivor, there is that element of like, okay, it's cut and dry as much as I like you. This is my alliance and that's your alliance. And there's not too much we can realistically do to change the current situation like i i'm gonna i personally would love to keep you around but my alliance just doesn't feel that way and that's going to be that and people get it on both sides of the deal there in the traders when you are a trader specifically i think those personal bonds matter even more than i think we got into on the episode we did about the traders uk where we talked at length about how much that personal element matters like i think in this case with sari as a trader as much evidence as there may have been or not been for whoever the, the big group was willing to vote out i think there would have to be so much more evidence pointing at sari for people to be willing 
to put her name down just because of how good she is at forming those bonds. And like, I genuinely believe Dominic Harvey, I am figuratively looking you in the face as I say this, although we are not on video. I, I really think that like, if they had to play yet another elimination round at the end of this game, I think she could have gotten either Andy or Quentin to vote out the other one. <laughs> like that's how yeah. much of a stranglehold it really felt like Sari had largely because of just the incredible bonds she is able to form with people in a very short amount of time. It's incredibly impressive. And yeah, as you say on survivor that has to go into overdrive because at some point the, sheer harsh reality of if you let Sari get to the end she's going to win this game is going to overwhelm everything else whereas here yes Sari is one of the best to ever do it but if she's a faithful she's a faithful and you can afford to leave her in and we also mentioned the flip side of that which is it's almost given how nebulous the rules about substituting traitors are and just the incentives they're working under in terms of uh putting together a season of tv that is of a certain length and so on Almost the best play is to identify a traitor, buddy up to that traitor as much as possible, and kind of play dumb to the point where they think they have you wrapped around uh, their finger. And so you could argue Andy and or Quentin played the perfect faithful game in terms of going far (laughs) to be at the end, but you just got to be willing to actually sniff out and cut that traitor once you get there. And in their case, there was no element of well, I, I think Suri's a bit sus, but if anything, that's an argument to hold her closer. It was, oh my god, Suri is mother, which is accurate, and we need to uh, just bask in her warm glow. And so, yeah, you saw, and this was such a phenomenal moment, just how stunned both Andy and Quentin both were when Suri said, you know, I, I'm a faithful at heart, but in this game, I'm a traitor. And it, you, you saw their hearts just sink through their bodies. It was amazing. Yeah, uh, and furthermore... Uh, as far as like the game mechanics kind of working in Ceri's favor here compared to Survivor, there is a nighttime round virtually every single round where Ceri is effectively able to like unilaterally kill off anyone who is getting too close to the truth about her. And as much as I loved Andy and Quentin and Dom, I for a, even more than that, I love your sincere. And I see where you're coming from, Take, that they were actually, like, on paper playing the perfect faithful game. I think they largely made it as far as they did because they were so far from figuring out that Sari was the one that they needed to be nervous about. And incidentally, I do not believe that this is an advantage specific to Sari by any stretch. I think this is just a general massive advantage for the traders on any season in any country there. Uh, but, yeah, just overall for me as far as watching this season play out and the job that Suri did at the risk of being hyperbolic as always, Dominic. Oh yeah. This truly has to be one of the most dominant single season of reality TV performances we've ever seen, right? Like I think there reaches a certain threshold where it's just a fool's errand to try to differentiate between like redacted and redacted and redacted. I don't want to spoil a bunch of other stuff for people. Uh, Like we have seen some utterly insane dominant performances across many different shows. And I think this, while not trying to say it's the conclusive number one of all time, I think it belongs in that category of just pillar to post complete steamroll, complete mastery of the game. 
and that's the thing which for some people might have made this less satisfying than it could have been otherwise because if you think that Sari never really faced any major obstacles where maybe the, the, the best other player if you want to call it that on the season was someone who in his own way is in that mix in terms of most dominant games ever played in Cody then Cody himself like slipped up and uh, got turned on by his fellow traitors he was the only one who I think uh could have posed a potential challenge to Sari as she uh, bordeaux her way to the end here. And so if you're the type who did not enjoy watching Boston Rob just slaughter all of the lambs on Redemption Island, then maybe this falls flat for you in that sense. Having said that, I mean, if you're a Boston Rob fan, you probably really enjoyed watching him just put on an absolute clinic in Redemption Island. And so I don't think any Sari fans are going to... Uh, look a gift horse in the mouth here when it comes to getting to watch Sari just dominate and actually close here in yet another season of reality TV. Yeah, and I would say the Cody we saw this time obviously was not nearly as impressive as I feel like the Cody we saw on BB-16 and what I saw of Cody on BB-22 before quitting that season because it seemed like he had such a stranglehold on Good the call. game. And to be fair, to be fair, I feel like Big Brother may have honestly been a worse kind of show to come in from than Survivor was because Big Brother is so fluid, even in the more modern era, that like I think Cody is just so used to having to throw out a bunch of different names all the time that hopefully make sense to the people he's talking to uh, to try to like gain trust, whereas, as we've already talked about, Survivor in a lot of cases is as far as like the loyalties go pretty cut and dry. And I am by no means huh. trying to make any excuses for Cody here. I do think he kind of uh, fumbled to say the least based on what we at least got to see on the TV episodes, but that at least did cross my mind that perhaps uh, coming from a game that requires people to be talking strategy so much more in so much more detail and so much more often, I think could have gotten in his way in a spot where like just keeping it much simpler and justifiably saying, yeah, I have no idea what's going on here. Here's who I'm suspicious. of." like, I think there may have been essentially some like fancy play syndrome going on this season with Cody. Yeah. I would almost think most people would diagnose those two shows in opposite ways as they stand right now, where it feels like survivor is, in this postmodern, post-postmodern era where like alliances mean nothing and there could be voting blocks going this way and that way every single time, but you never really know where anything is solid. And then on Big Brother, it feels like we've really had this ossification where we, we've almost solved the game. Like what you do is you get this big super alliance together and they just win all the competitions and they have this stranglehold on the game and then once you've whittled down all of the outsiders, well then you maybe start turning on each other and you have this this the core of the onion here and all these uh outsiders we just roll that down until we get to the end and that's and, and cody you know derek showed and, and maybe put a big brother on this trajectory permanently and then cody kind of learned from the master there did exactly the same thing maybe even better in bb22 and like that is just how the show is now and you almost are pleasantly surprised when anything different happens and i certainly see what you're saying there and that thought crossed my mind as i was laying out my own case myself and i think if we were talking about people from 
more recent seasons of Survivor, I could see that being the case for them as well. Is uh, coming from a background that has a game in much more of an overdrive situation than I feel like, frankly, even Sari ever really played in. Uh, with her most recent season being 2017 or so, but I mean she goes back much further than that. And I, the 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 counter argument I guess that I would make is on Modern Survivor. I think there might be so much going on so often that people are like scared and not incorrectly so to be throwing too many names out there too consistently because anyone could have some sort of magic power fall out of the sky into their bag any given round. Uh, And so maybe and hopefully we'll get an opportunity uh, to get like a bigger sample size on people from various different backgrounds coming into the traders universe and what kind of uh, impact their initial show has on that Uh, could certainly see it going either way but let's uh, I, I mean let's reflect quickly on the fact that we had all of these various uh, survivor and big brother and m- many more alumni in here as well because unlike the traders uk where of course maddie is a celebrity from her sin on casualty and, and so on for, for the most part these are aspiring actors and influencers and not like actual actors or influencers or celebrities uh if that whereas on the us version we have almost like this fans versus favorite setup we have a bunch of just random people who i did like this cast of newbies and i also like the cast of celebrities but i don't know if together they were even equal to the sum of their past necessarily uh but you had you know sari and stephanie from survivor you had cody from big brother you had ari from the bachelorette which is like excuse me wait what um Kate from Below Deck, which is not a show I'd ever heard of before. Uh, and then Rachel Riley, of course, you know, I, I, I take it for granted. I'm going to see Rachel on my screen every two to three years or so at this point. Um, and then you had like Brandy Glanville, who like the idea of her just potentially negotiating with Sari Fields on a social game show just seems like so bizarre to me. Uh, if you know anything about her from, uh, from Real Housewives. And then just this like, Ryan Lochte, who is like not even a, I mean, I guess he's a TV star, but he's so much more than that and so much less at the same time. Like he's <laughs> just like I don't know how you get this exact configuration of people, other than I okay, some interim assault. Okay, just go go and book whatever celebrities you have <laughs> in your Rolodex. There, that honestly might be the most likely situation. <laughs> is they had one person who just happened to know from various like casting networks or whatever how to get in touch with specifically these people but yeah it did seem strange to me to be honest to have a blended cast as the initial season kind of trial run here i i think there were some good things and some bad things about that you know when you start the game with this many people and only 45 ish minutes some of which are going to be dedicated to missions each week uh, to lay out the story. I do think it helps to have established kind of TV presences. I think it helps to have characters people are familiar with to kind of hook people into the show. But I did also, uh, at a certain point, start feeling pretty bad, as I often do in blended seasons of reality TV that are mixing alumni with people who've never been on television before for the people who were newbies with the obvious exception of christian 
who was a trader, it did feel like it was mostly checking in on what the, in heavy, heavy air quotes, celebrities were thinking and doing and kind of casting aside most of the uh, less plot relevant and less audience relevant new players on the season. But that being said, I kind of came into this season, of course, knowing that it was going to be a mix about 50-50, if not squarely 50-50 between the two and kind of coming in on it down on that fact, like kind of bracing myself for that to be kind of disappointing in a number of different ways. And overall, like, while it wasn't every, you know, while I wasn't like shocked and amazed by how wrong I was about that uh, reservation kind of coming in. I do think they did a better job at it than I was expecting. I thought this format did work better than I was giving it credit for like how likely it was to, to work too well in general. And a big part of that is I loved uh, a few, frankly, of the reality stars who I, like you, Dom, was not remotely familiar with coming into this season. I think I only knew the people who had been on Survivor uh, and Big Brother there. And then additionally, I ended up liking the faithfuls that we got like a meaningful amount of time to get to know. And while I do still feel bad for those who kind of were there early, were seemingly picked off because they were not a very big presence within the house. They were also then not a big presence on the show. Uh, I, I, I didn't feel like those people really got the full experience of like being on a reality TV show, which I'm guessing was probably uh, kind of a disappointment for a few of them. But overall, I actually thought this blended cast worked pretty well uh, and wouldn't be shocked to see them return to that sort of thing in the future. But let me ask you, gun to your head, if they say, okay, we're going to do the Traders U.S. again, and in, you, Dom Harvey, get to single-handedly decide it's either going to be all people with experience on other reality TV shows or all newbies, which way would you go on that? Oh, all alumni. And I think this is the kind of show that works really well for a celebrity Traders or for that to just be part of the fabric of the show, where you compare it to something like Survivor or Big Brother or games where... It is primarily about these individual relationships. And so if you have a celebrity season, of course, it just comes down to uh, who knows who and these different blogs and, and what have you. And then even something like a Celebrity Apprentice, right, where uh, Brandy uh, made a sin all those years ago, then uh, uh, that just comes down to, OK, well, who who knows who out in the real world, who has who knows the guys with the deepest pockets? Whereas this is the kind of thing where, like, yeah, you can. Uh, know your fellow real housewife or whatever, but if they're a faithful and you're a traitor, well, that, that actually muddies the water and makes it, maybe that's the most interesting combination, if anything, if someone who you know well or who you think you know well, like you have to really read them and put them to the test and figure out uh, which side they're on. So yeah, I think this is the kind of game and the kind of show where a cast of all like celebrities or air quote celebrities or something in between would actually work really nicely. And um one thing I liked about this mix, actually, as arbitrary as it seems, is unless you are someone who, unless you're like Rob Cessanino, right? Like, unless you watch every single show 
that is out there, then you're not going to know some of these people. I don't know how many people ever watched Below Deck or what have you. And uh, like, I didn't watch Ari's season of The Bachelor, but I, I heard a lot of bad reviews about him as The Bachelor. And so I, I come to this season with that in mind. And yeah, he makes a really good impression on me here. So um, it's kind of nice seeing these people who are selected for we know that they are good as TV presences. But I myself, you know, they, they may as well be newbies to me. Know what I'm just now realizing? I would be pretty surprised if it wasn't the case that casual Anna probably would have known more of these celebrities on this season than I did. The seasoned reality TV podcasting guy, uh, which is pretty. I think she watches below. I, I think Below Deck is not entirely unlike the Housewives franchises. I know she watches whatever she can get her hands on on Bravo and would have known at least most of the people from uh, Survivor and Big Brother <clears throat> as well. So uh, maybe a first in the history of any reality TV show that we have covered that Casual Anna actually may have been like an expert on who a lot of these people actually were. And I certainly see what you're saying about the merits of having TV ready people and many of whom know each other and have experience playing games like these. I don't disagree with that at all the only counterpoint i would make is i guess two uh one is i really liked the dynamic on the uk version where they all where they all were just like random people with no real background in being on television at least that i'm aware other than of course uh maddie who was very famous uh and more importantly perhaps like i think this is kind of a high variance thing on any season of the traders that you're going to run in pretty much any country but it really seemed to me like it didn't take long for that british cast of newbies to understandably develop like very close personal personal relationships and that had like major payoffs down the line and don't get me wrong like andy and quentin getting the bad news at the end of this season certainly had a, a high emotionally like charged element to it but i do at least in some cases although for the most part not in the case of the trader U traders us when it is like celebrity seasons of whatever while there are plenty you know the genius is an exception to this i thought the genius worked really well with uh celebrities primarily making up the cast for the entire run there but i do oftentimes find myself kind of put off by it being very clear that in the cases of, of an elimination or a big betrayal or any kind of like big decision being made, I think I would generally prefer for that decision to weigh heavily on the mind of a newbie for whom this is massively life-changing money and they want to stay in the game for as long as possible compared to the celebrity kind of mentality that I feel like does creep in pretty much every single time you run a celebrity season of anything, which is, this is just another TV show for me. I wasn't really a fan going in and I don't really care how it goes. Yeah. It's yeah. If you make me choose, I, I'm going to go for all celebrities over all newbies in this format. However, not going to say no to all newbies. And I felt like, the newbies that we got here were a good batch. And if you expanded that to a full cast, we'd be happy to see that play out as well. I do think it's just inherently tough to balance uh, any kind of 
celebrities versus randos or fans versus favorites or anything like that even if it seems like a good idea on paper it always just feels imbalanced in in practice and so yeah i I think it's tempting as well if you are the producers if you're gonna half and half it well of course it makes sense to focus on the people who you know are good at giving confessionals good on tv they have they have that pop as opposed to people who you think they do and that's why you cast them but you don't know uh and so yeah of course the celebrities are going to get uh more screen time in the end and that just becomes this self-perpetuating thing right where if uh someone is a known quantity from another show well now they come on the traders us and they get more focus than uh random mc anderson and well now they put they, they've made a big impression on the traders as well and so if you're a producer looking for people for your next show well hey th- this person now has a, a even longer record of you know so it, it just compounds on itself uh over time but yeah i, I think given they made that decision we, we got a, a good mix of people here and it uh it worked out pretty well yeah it worked out much better than frankly i thought uh it was going to shame on me should have had more should have been more faithful uh okay before we get into uh some of the other like standout players i think it would be worth just circling back to the Sari discussion and the big kind of decision point for her this season. Uh, I, I like I, it's weird to, to put it in these terms, but like I think just kind of frankly playing the standard Sari Fields playbook from day one through the final night was a pretty effective strategy uh, and one that I would assume would have been successful in the vast majority of situations that she would find herself on a show like this. But once we get down to this end game, where it's her, it's Andy, it's Quentin, and it is Ari. And it seems like she can pretty reliably count on Ari to be down to split the money with her. And it's just a matter of how greedy, if at all, she ultimately wants to get here. What were your thoughts on the decision to ideally kind of setting aside the result because of course if you know it's going to work it seems like a pretty good call to add one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars to the paycheck that you're going to get to the get at the end were you nervous i guess is maybe a way of framing this that this might actually backfire on Suri. oh i was nervous excited i was on the edge of my seat because at that point it felt like any outcome was going to be this this shocking uh, amazing ending where if Sari does cut Ari the final huddle that is so cutthroat and I love that she finally in her moment of glory gets to take it all for herself and not have to share it with anyone if Ari blows up a spot on the way out the way that uh did we say we're going spoiler free for UK or not we didn't uh I I, I think we may (laughs) want to avoid direct spoilers other than to say I think you can potentially open your mind to the prospect that not everyone would always take this as well as Ari did. Yes. Yes. I think that is a, a great way to put it. Uh, so if, if that would have happened, then that would be crushing, but also like she would have kind of brought it on herself at that point uh, as well. Oh, I would say fully, and then, fully brought it on yes, herself. Well, in that, I, I, in that and then if, and then if Sari, uh, deciding I don't consent and actually cutting Ari, if, if that is what, tipped off either andy or quentin that sari must or might also be a traitor as well and that's when she falls i mean that would be the most amazing tale of hubris and nemesis out there but oh my god please could it happen to anyone other than sari feel so I, I felt like any possible ending as soon as that flame went red uh i thought that was going to be phenomenal uh as it turns out i think the 
the backstory that I've been able to piece together is much less exciting than any of those, which is that Ari's substantial wealth was a pretty common topic of discussion and, and well-known uh, in the house. And so there's, there was this discussion ahead of time of, well, even if we're convinced once we're down to, to four that everyone left in there is a faithful, if one of them is Ari, like we, we know he doesn't need the money. He knows he doesn't need the money. Why don't we just cut him out and then actually spread it between the people who, who do need it and who would value it more. And so, Sari taking that line and making that argument was not as shocking to any of them as it uh, surely seemed to, to some of us. Ah. Uh, but I, I'm choosing to just go with my initial impression because I, I, I really enjoyed watching that in the moment. I, I, so I didn't even know Ari was rich. I didn't know the first thing about this guy uh, <laughs> well, before. When I, I, he's the son of a race car driver and was himself a race car driver and uh, very like. One way you get to be the bachelor is if you have a lot of wealth to entice, uh, you know, young suitors with. But then on top of that, um, when I think it's Sari gives that confession about I don't have a house in Hawaii or whatever, the point in contrast is with Ari, who does have a house in Hawaii and houses elsewhere among many other uh, valuable items and properties. So yeah, I mean, they knew he was loaded, he was missing money bags, and that that actually was a deciding factor in the end game. The way that. It's never quite clear if it is or could be on a show like Survivor or Big Brother where a jury vote is involved. But in in terms of this show's equivalent, it was actually a, a real talking point. OK, so that does change the equation for me significantly, uh, knowing that that kind of meta was in play there. But I was thinking that I actually think like the math depends a great deal. And I like that this is the case on how much the prize money matters to you. And it sounds like it didn't matter to Ari at all. And I think that explains uh, his reaction a great deal there. But like, I would imagine that just getting the 125,000 would not only matter to Sari, but would matter to the vast majority of people, maybe not uh, in like a full celebrity season, but at least there were plenty of people out there uh, who would have said, I would rather just lock up this 125,000 than risk losing it all. And I think that's like a totally fair thing to weigh into the equation. So like if you are a trader at the final four and there's another trader there and you feel like very good that if you can eliminate them, the other faithful will indeed end the game, which is a big risk of its own. You actually are getting like a very good price on to put it in poker terms. Sorry to, to make that, last minute cut there where like you're essentially jeopardizing potentially $125,000, but you then win another $125,000 if it works. So you're getting even money. And if you feel like you're better than 50, 50 uh, to, to get that move through, then it is like in the long run, a winning play to, to get greedy and go for it there. But when it is a very, very significant amount of money, that you could just lock up if you call it a day right there, the risk of ruin to put it in professional gambler terms does, I think in a lot of cases outweigh the, the upside. And uh, I'll spare you the like, well, the long I, lecture I, about EV versus. I, like, I think, I, I think the, uh, the issue that would be weighing on my mind if, if I'm a traitor in, in that position is even though the rules say, you cannot blow up the other trader spots on the way out. You can do everything but. And so I think that you can 
if you are worried about getting if you are Ari and you are worried about getting Sarid, you can almost make this this offer or this threat of mutually assured destruction that hey, I want to split this money with you, but I will also guarantee that either we both get it or neither of us gets it because if I go out, I am doing my best to take you down with me and unless you have I mean I think Sri had such a lock over Ari and Quentin that, that nothing was going to change their minds at the end but I will do what I can to at least put the seed of doubt in their minds and uh, and take you down with me right and I think that is ultimately why I find this so impressive because I do think that Sri cared a great deal uh, about the money and that's why she made the decision that she ultimately made there but I also think that like just because you are then opening the door for your total prize to be zero dollars in plenty of circumstances, if either Ari takes it poorly or if some part of that conversation draws up some sort of suspicion in the remaining faithful and they say, hey, let's just make sure we're super safe here and just play it down to a final two, I uh, leaving with zero dollars is like a massively brutal and self-inflicted kind of downside to have to contend with to to say nothing by the way of the whatever it's been 16 17 years of Suri Fields coming up just short on reality TV so like the fact that she was willing to go for that i feel like has to very strongly suggest that one she had faith in Ari to handle it well and him being rich i think uh does play a pretty significant role there and then number two more crucially and i don't think there's much debate about this being the case either she has to know that both andy and quentin are going to then be willing to just kind of blow that off and be willing to end the game even though they didn't really see that last kind of twist coming uh so i think like the degree of confidence required to get greedy at the end here is a very high number and i think it is a big time testament and not surprisingly so to sari that she was able to do all of that evaluation and feel like the relationships were all where they needed to be to make sure that this would ultimately go her way and obviously and, and job well done it, yeah so so one thing that reminded me of is that sari had this really interesting line towards the end of I lost Survivor because I got too emotional. And I was going back and, and trying to cycle through thinking, where would that actually have been true? So in Panama, it felt like the end game was kind of clear cut and she loses the fire challenge. Not much you really could have done about that. Although I'm sure if it was a current year, you would be berating her for not knowing how to make fire properly. I sure would. Uh, and, and and then... Sari, no one, including Sari Fields, is above not practicing fire if they go out for Survivor in modern times, period. And then... And then uh, Micronesia, she, I don't think she got too emotional. I, I mean, she had that blow up of sorts with Amanda at the end, but that was really more Amanda's side than her. And that was because what they thought was the final three that they had all locked in together, where I'm pretty sure Sari wins a million dollars, had just fallen through on them. So, of course, emotions were going to be running high. And then Heroes versus Villains, I mean, she, she loses early enough that I don't think you can put it down to anything in particular other than just jt going goblin mode on the whole season and then game changes as well i she loses to bullshit i think a lot of people would say and not because and not to any uh decision of of her own so I, i'm kind of keen to hear more from her internal monologue on on that comment maybe i'm reading too much into it but it really felt like uh 
if anything, she played very kind of clinically most of the time in Survivor and just where they were going to fall and, and things happened and she didn't she didn't win. Um, but this time it felt like she really was emotionally bound up in some parts of the experience. And we saw this in the UK version. And then, of course, with uh, our, our newbies here, Andy and Quentin as well. For whatever reason, if it seems like this experience really did bond people very quickly. Or in the case of Kate and Rachel, uh, whatever the opposite of bonding is. Like it, Emotions run high in either direction. Uh, but yeah, Sari really felt like she was grappling with just the the emotions of it all. Um, and I think that she said that uh, Ari was actually very graceful about the the outcome and her decision. And that after the season, when they they, ha- they had to go back to the building to do the, the press photos and so on, she was a little concerned of like, oh, is, if I run into Ari, is he going to be OK? And he, w- he was totally fine with it. You know, it yeah. uh, showed a, a level of grace, which after the se- after watching the season, I don't think people would be surprised by it. Although, had they watched him on The Bachelor, I, I don't know, maybe the, the verdict is different. Um, and I mean, not to take pretty much anything away from Ari, because I do admire people who can handle that kind of betrayal as gracefully as he did. I think it is much, 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 in like infinitely easier to do so when the money is essentially meaningless to you. Uh, and it is a completely different situation when that is not the case. Uh, but Dom... One final thought, because I, we, we have put off the Kate and Rachel of it for far too long, and I don't want to uh, waste too much more time before we get into things of that nature. But uh, a question I had, and would be curious to hear your take, and shout out to great friend of the podcast, official accountant of the podcast, AJ Van Gilder, uh, who brought this up to me after watching the season himself and just talking through some of the kind of like game theory optimal ideas. Do you think that the traders will get to the point where at least in casts that are like aggressively playing to win the maximum and maybe that will take a long long time for that like reality to emerge uh and we'll probably have to see a lot more people like willing to set aside the bonds that they've made at the end in favor of just making like the smarter kind of game oriented play do you think we will get to the point where it almost always plays down to a final two. Like if we see 10, 15, 20 plus iterations of this show play out, I don't think it's going to go that long before people realize that if I play down to a final two, not only do I get more money for winning, I also have less of a chance of being wrong about accidentally letting a trader make it to the end. Yeah, that that last angle is the one that, was the the strongest to me because it, it seemed like both in the UK version and the US version, both casts, both sets of endgamers were very complacent about the possibility of there being another traitor left in the mix, even after having not caught that many of them in in the grand scheme of things. So certainly here, like okay, the, you got Cody, you got Christian, wouldn't you think there would be a third? And and going through the same. Uh, thought process as we saw explicitly mentioned in the uk version well wouldn't you think okay if there's a third trader probably it's going to be a woman uh probably is going to be one of the older cast members maybe although not the the age spread there is different in in the uk version and then also like is it likely to be a celebrity or likely to be another newbie so all of these things would be weighing on my head and it would really seem like once you, play, you you've eliminated the the two younger white guys and you get to the end and someone who is both 
an incredible player of these games and who demographically is the exact person to fill in that gap if there were to be a third tracer is still there with you it's like sh- shouldn't some brows be furrowed there at some point like it seems like there was really just no uh even leaving aside, do I trust Sari? What well, everyone who has played Survivor with Sari trusts Sari. Just looking at the sheer mathematics of the game, it would seem like something would, would come up at some point. Yeah, I think, frankly, both Andy and Quentin had just been kind of going with their gut the whole time and strike me as the types of players to say, well, it's worked to this point, and oh, hey, turns out Ari was a traitor after all, didn't see that one coming, but thankfully I've survived yet another round and I can lock up the win now uh, with two of my greatest friends that I've made on this season. So I, th- I, I think there are, as we said uh, about the, the UK version as well, I think there are some things, if not many things, from this initial first season run that will if we do live in a world where we see many, many more iterations play out, have some like heavy survivor borneo vibes uh in retrospect of like i cannot believe that that was how it was back in the early days but i at the same time i think andy and quentin at least both strike me as the type where that sort of impulse in any context other than being on a competitive reality TV show serves them very, very well in day-to-day life. Uh, and it is one of which I am immensely jealous. Uh, so I, I, I don't want to give them too hard of a time. And I like both of them a great deal uh, over the course oh, of I, the season. I, I was very charmed by how... but Well, I was charmed by Quentin in general, but I was also charmed by just how cheerfully and confidently wrong he was about basically everything in a way that was so charming that i felt like oh wow quentin's really savvy he's kind of uh got, got a good eye for the game not realizing that the words coming out of his mouth were like the exact opposite of reality in most cases right yeah uh okay so dom let's get into some of the other people that we saw on this season uh rachel and kate it seemed like were a big story early middle portion of the season and with good reason you know i'm certainly someone who is familiar with rachel riley and i would say i think the current kind of dosage that i'm getting of rachel riley is pretty much perfect for me like having her pop up on a season of something that i'm watching every three four five years thereabouts we could maybe even go uh, a little more frequently than that like i think Having Rachel be like uh, someone like for a time, like Coach or Russell was on Survivor, where they're on like three out of four seasons. Uh, I guess Rachel did play back to back seasons on Big Brother at one point, and maybe maybe she was a, a good example. Like I'm I'm framing this poorly, but like I love having Rachel every so often, but not all the time, and once again, somehow surprised by just how great of a t- reality TV character and competitor rachel is despite having seen this several times before in the past it feels like i the the amount of rachel that i want is being able to be kind of taken by surprise all over again each time that i see her with just how much she delivers on like every conceivable front yeah i don't know how much i am into the rachel riley experience in general however when it's clear she's being cast for drama and that is an injection of what the season needs and what the cast needs, 
great. And, and I'm sure that uh, someone in production was rubbing their hands and cackling with glee when they first came up with the thought of, oh, hey, we've, we've got Brandy and Kate, who are like an actual real housewife and a spiritual real housewife, and we're going to throw them in the same class with Rachel Riley and watch a fireworks fly. Because you can guarantee that's going to happen. I don't think that one was hard to see coming. And uh, if you want there to be some kind of uh, some tension or some dust-ups in the cars, like that's a, a great way to set that up. Yeah, and I think the Rachel and Kate backs and forth uh, were a real highlight of this season. Of course, the epic, like, breakfast argument about who likes whose outfit or who is dressing horribly or whatever uh was some real like classic rachel riley stuff there and then rachel her elimination i thought was also one of the kind of like emotional high points of the season uh and kate incidentally at first was not someone that i was like even thrilled to have on the season i thought it was kind of dumb to put someone in there who was like actively trying to tank their own game. I certainly understood why they would want Kate for a show like this. Dom, I think you just laid it out perfectly moments ago. However, I don't know where the transition necessarily came in for me. Uh, but after it became clear that Kate really wants to get the fuck out of here and they are not going to let Kate get the fuck out of here. Right around, uh, I don't know, maybe like 10-ish, 8-ish people or so left in the game, and Kate started actually kind of like enjoying herself and potentially even wanting to, to stick around for a bit longer. Other than Sari winning, Kate winning this game as a faithful became the runaway number two outcome for which I was most rooting. I would have thought it was amazing as just like a reality TV storyline if Kate did the full transition from essentially wanting to quit the show during the early days to being the eventually getting into it and being the eventual winner. I genuinely would have appreciated that story a great deal. Yeah, it is. It reached the point where Kate's refusal to just participate in the season was funny to a point, grating to a point, but should have basically cleared her as a traitor in my book. Like why would someone be so over the top and so, in your face about it to the point where if, if I'm another tracer and I'm in the room with Kate, I'm thinking, oh my God, Kate, please rein it in. Stop drawing attention to yourself. Like there's no way that uh, you can do this as like part of a, a team or part of a larger effort. And yet it, that only made people more and more fixated on Kate's got to be the tracer. And, and that derailed the discussion for, for so long there. And it, it reminds me of, well, <laughs> Not going to drop the obligatory uh, season five of the mall reference in here, but it's I think it's pretty common in these like games of deception for someone to just almost act like they're a different species from a different planet and almost be the the most guaranteed person there's ever been to be the faithful or the innocent or whatever the the, the good role is in that game, and yet every time people just conclude the opposite instead. So I had the same thought as you. Uh, about like wow kate is like it seemed to me so sincerely wanting to quit the game or be murdered that in my mind in their shoes i would be saying there's no way kate can possibly be the traitor if i was be a traitor if i was one of the other people in the game at the while simultaneously saying to myself obviously what we're seeing is a heavily edited product and i don't want to pass too much judgment on people for not 
coming to that conclusion because I obviously go in knowing that Kate is a faithful and that's, of course, going to, to at least some extent, influence how I'm perceiving this whole thing. So I, I certainly had similar thoughts cross my I, mind, I, Dom, but I, 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 I was at least willing to give some heavy benefit of the doubt to, to those actually dealing with it in uncertain circumstances in real time. And to be fair, I would have said the same thing about Christian at a certain point as well. And I love that we actually had one of those agents of chaos in there as a traitor who the other traitors were just like, Christian, watch it. <laughs> just like you, you could tell, you could see Sri and Cody both just melting into their chairs as Christian just went off on some like wild uh, tangent, uh, drawing attention to himself. And yeah, I, I think it's good when someone like that isn't automatically cleared just by virtue of being <laughs> being silly. Yeah, and I would also say, uh, to to go over to Christian for a minute, it seemed like uh, he he got quite over his skis straight away, but I really liked the kind of enthusiasm that he was bringing to so much of like his role as a traitor, and I frankly liked like the way he was unmasked by just like being the guy who was basically never bothered by anything just being kind of like a so deeply non-human kind of way of processing what was going on around them as far as like anyone else in the cast would be concerned uh, i i i thought it was a fun kind of arc for christian here uh and i would also say about christian i think at least possibly if not very likely we got a version of Christian that would have looked uh, that did look a lot different than it probably would have in the like obviously very fake timelines where this ultimately went his way and what I mean by that is I feel like there were for the most part as an audience member like a lot of reasons for us to not really believe in Christian and the job that he was doing as a trader but there were some things that made the final cut that pretty heavily suggested to me that while he was certainly not snowing everyone and was as far as like an audience member would be concerned being kind of obvious uh in at least a few cases along the way about the fact that he was very likely to be a traitor there were some comments that that made the final cut that suggested to me there were plenty of people who were like fully confident in christian being a faithful and we just were not hearing as much from them yeah, and Christian, for as much as he annoyed people at times, he also had that like uh, erratic younger brother kind of vibe with a lot of people. And I think there was a genuine affection towards him too. And so uh, he definitely was one of the, for better or for worse, like one of the big characters and players of the season. And I think he, you know, was, was perfect in that role. So yeah, great to have him there. And I think he was a, I think added a really unique and vital element to that traitor roster as well. Yeah. Dom, here is something that I don't think I've ever found myself saying on a podcast before. And I'm glad that we are finally in a, in a place where I can be positive about Steph LaGrosa. I thought Steph was truly one of the sharper players, if not other than Sari, of course, like, the standalone sharpest of the actual faithful. And it was because I would say she was doing a pretty good job that she ended up getting murdered. What did you think of Steph on this season? She was fun. I think she did a good job, but she almost, if I hadn't 
seen her on Survivor and that wasn't part of her her Chiron, I don't think I would have paid her as one of the celebrities. It felt like she was, I mean, she she carried herself in a way that maybe was like real housewives-esque or something. But for the most part, she she could have been just someone that they found in the casting call or whatever. I mean, I would guess that Steph's husband has more money than most of the real housewives husbands. I don't know the, the backstories on any of the actual housewife husbands, but I do know that Steph's husband made tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars playing baseball. Uh, and so she's probably not far off from that sort of demographic, uh, if at all. But I, I was that like, I have truly been like, self-conscious and angry at myself for the 11 years that we've been doing this podcast about being critical of Steph LaGrosa because of what I saw from her on Survivor and like not really being a Steph fan. I've been waiting close to 20 years at this point for an opportunity to really like what I've seen out of Steph. And yes, I am absolutely including Survivor Palau uh, in that. And so I was very happy that uh, I got to really appreciate and enjoy a Steph appearance on a reality TV show, because that's, of course, what it's all about, Dom, is Steph catering to my wants and needs. Uh, who else would stood out to you from this cast? So from the, the celebrities or the newbies? You, take your pick. I kind of liked Kyle, even though he was not long for the world. I felt like he had that kind of confident but also manic energy that I think helps to add a lot to a season. And then a lot of the other newbies were just kind of cut down too soon to really form much of a strong impression. I did like Andy, but it, it did seem like she uh, they were just being set up to, well, of course, they're going to be the one who has like the the shock look with their jaw on the floor when Sari betrays him in the end. Right. I, as I know we've already talked about to this point, I very, very much liked both Andy and Quentin. And then the other newbie that jumped on the page, jumped off the page to me, Dom, I know you're not going to be surprised to hear this and listeners probably won't either. Uh, loved Angelica. What little we got to see mm. from her. I thought she was so funny. I, uh, and wish we had gotten yes. to see more there. Uh, the, the one other person that I feel like we would be quite remiss not to bring up here, Dom, is our beloved, in my view, host, Alan Cumming. Did you love him as much as I did? Oh, of course. And it, you expect on The Traitors UK for them to find a, a suitably over-the-top British person and just uh, ha- have them be, be the front man. Less so for the US version, but honestly, that is the way to go. And I think Who Done It proved a decade ago that uh, getting a bunch of people in a gigantic mansion with a, a hammy, over-the-top British person, that is the formula of reality TV. That's the only way to do it. Yes, uh, and it's weird to me that in the same way, but kind of the opposite, as, like, by definition, one of Mitch McConnell or Rand Paul is not even the worst senator from their own state. Uh, one of Claudia or Allen is not even the best host of The Traders, let alone of reality TV shows. Uh, I, I think... Most people would say they loved Claudia, and I think there may be some more kind of mixed opinions of Alan. I've certainly heard from a couple people who thought that it was kind of over the top or whatever, and I was personally 100% here for everything Alan was bringing to this season, and I have no strong preference between either of the two. One of the foremost reasons that I hope each of the Traders US and UK both get picked up for additional seasons is to get more of each of those respective hosts there. So I uh, loved that and also came to the realization, Dom, both between 
watching Alan on this season and probably more specifically, but I forgot to mention it on our Traders UK podcast, but watching that season, I think you have just kind of ruined British accents for me in general and not in like a bad way. I think it's because I've heard so much more of your specific British accent than like all other British accents combined uh, over the course of my life. And they are, it seems to me, so widely varying, uh, you know, for a, a country that is approximately the size of like Oregon or like Wyoming. It's incredible that they have so many different, like pretty distinct kind of accents in my mind. Like, obviously we have tons of different accents in America, but this is a much, much larger space. And like the, the array of British accents in such a confined area both amazes me. But the reason I say you've kind of ruined it for me is now I feel like every like slightly different British accent to me sounds like someone trying to do an impression of you, but doing a bad job at it. That's like how I interpret British accents that are not squarely yours after all these like thousands of hours of talking to you for so long. Thank you. I think I, I at this point, what we need is a reality show that gives you a first class ticket to the UK and just follows you around <laughs> reacting to all of the, the British people and British accents you encounter on your travels. I mean, we could legit do 30 seasons of that if we're doing British seasons where it's three episodes per year uh, that uh, no, I genuinely think I would never get sick. I think I could move to England and never stop being fascinated by how British people sound, what you guys are into, just various cultural things that surely would age terribly uh, in no time after I put all of these thoughts on record. Uh, but one way or another, Travel Channel, I'm a million percent down. If you just want to put a dumb guy in England for an indefinite amount of time to just gawk at whatever's going on around him, hit me up. Uh, Dom, what else on the Traders parentheses U.S. season one? I think that's about it. It was a really fun season. I don't know what the future has in store for a season two of any of these versions that we've just grown to to know and love. But I, I think that the format of the show does need to to evolve and change over time. I don't know if how optimistic I am on that front necessarily, but I think that there is potential for this to be one of those like fixtures of the reality tv circuit if you like i think the the core formula is really good and you just need to preserve what's good about it and fix the parts that uh, are rough at the moment and you've got a you've got a gem on your hands there right i think in the case of like certainly survivor certainly the genius watching those original seasons for the first time i was not coming away from it saying oh that was fun but we definitely need to take a closer look at the format although both of them did certainly evolve the one much more so than the other over time. I think this is a case where straight away watching just the British version, we had the same thought. And then now watching just the trial run of the American version, I, I would be shocked if there are not significant changes to the way the show is kind of structured and the way the players think about what is going on around them if they do get an opportunity both the players and the producers get opportunities to see more and more iterations play out i am at the same time though 
confident that those sort of changes will be made because I think this is something that could get just very stale if it is not uh, kind of tweaked as we keep going and to say nothing of what I would consider some pretty kind of like obvious game structure flaws that probably could have been anticipated uh, before doing the the trial run here but either way loved this first season even with some kind of uh, design bumps in the road along the way i will certainly be here for uh any kind of follow-up iterations that they do at least unless it goes completely off the rails which i guess uh based on my experience as a reality tv fan is by no means off the table uh but at the very least gonna be here for the traders season two uh dom anyone jump off the page to you as like I think we can cap it at semi-recent reality TV in America alumni you would really want to see on The Traders. I mean, I'm sure Claire and Derek X are going to make an appearance there before too long. But uh, I I mean, there are, you know, our individual favorites from this new era of Survivor or maybe that's how those uh, fan favorites from the 30s of Survivor actually get back on TV again is to go on The Traders instead. You ready for this? This I, I promise this had not even crossed my mind until setting this question up for you. I actually think a very good fit on the traders and someone who I could see be, being very good at the traders, Sandra Diaz Twine. Make it happen. Get Sandra on <laughs> the traders season two. I will non-ironically uh, be rooting super hard for her. I think she could legitimately the same reasons that we talked about in terms of why the traders I think could actually be a better fit for Sari in terms of what the game prioritizes than survivor is. I think the exact same is true of Sandra as well. Hey, so was... I, I'd be a hundred percent here for it. Olive branch to Sandra queen stays queen. Adios. Uh, sorry, Dom, what were you about to say? I was going to say, let's get Pafty in there too and just have that, that rivalry <laughs> uh, ready to go. I don't think she's going to be super interested, but you never actually, you know what? I believe maybe I made this up and this is just wishful thinking. I think I saw a tweet from uh, Michelle Fitzgerald that she was loving the traders and wanted to do it. So I'd be fully on board with that as well. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you who I don't need on the traders. Fessy. Let's make that definitely not happen. Uh, I don't know why firing some shots at Fessy is the way I'm choosing to end this podcast. The guy could literally kill me if he were so inclined. Uh, But in any event, Dom, I think and, I'm, fr- yeah. And you're not saying that in the sense of I want X to murder me or whatever. You're not being horny for Fessy. You're just I, expressing a, a very valid uh, concern. The opposite. I'm, yeah, I'm just merely a f- fearful for my own safety. Uh, but in any case, Dom, I think that is going to do it here for us for the Traders U.S. season one. Uh, who knows if we're going to get more of this? I don't think at the time of this recording that any news has broken in either direction there. But I think at this point. I would guess it comes back. I think it was at least relatively successful for Peacock. Granted, that is a very low bar uh, for that particular streaming platform, but hoping for the best for the traders. Would love to see more of this. Uh, Until then, Dom, we have Survivor 44 right around the corner. uh, And incidentally, anyone who is a big Suri Fields fan from the traders who has not uh, seen her on Survivor or even those who have, 
I would advise watching Suri on Survivor and then checking out our recent coverage that we just wrapped up going episode by episode through one of her seasons, Micronesia, over on the Patreon feed, patreon.com slash Dom and Colin. Uh, and incidentally, Survivor Cambodia now uh, officially underway over there, just recorded and posted an episode talking exclusively about the pregame of that season. That was a ton of fun and can't wait to get into the episodes proper along those lines. Uh, until then, though, he is, of course, on Twitter at Dom HRV. I am on Twitter at Colin Stone. Dom, anything else you want to get out there? Uh, no, I think I'm good. All right. Uh, I think that is going to do it for us here at last. We will talk to you soon. Take care, everybody.